0: Escucha, listen, aprende, learn, y emprende.
2: Launch. Welcome to Latino Founder Hour Podcast, episode 123. Today with Marcia Chong-Rosado from Village Capital, uh, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, and in the middle of uh, a a power uh, storm. Marcia, ¿cómo estás? Buenas tardes. Hey, thank you for for coming back to the show. So you're a, a, a previous guest of, of the Latino Founder Hour. How are how are things over there?
1: Um, well, thank you so much for having me here. Um, things are, are going well. As you said, it's in the middle of a storm. And as I was thinking about the last time we spoke, I feel like it's been um, from polar opposites of the globe. I think in the first episode, <laughs> yeah. I was in, I was traveling in Uruguay and, and recently, a couple of weeks ago, I moved back um, to be closer to my parents and siblings in the Boston area, so that also made me chuckle. Um, and yeah, generally feeling good. It's been a tough couple of months, but for my family and I, um, we're on a little bit on the on the other side of it um, of the of the difficulties uh, with the pandemic and with lots of other things going on.
2: No, I, I, I understand because you're from Ecuador originally, uh, and, and it was one of the hardest hit uh, or actually one of the first hard hit uh, countries in, in Latin America before, yeah. you know, it only sh- everywhere else like Mexico, the U.S. But I remember just following you on Twitter. Uh, and, and again, you know, my, my my deepest sympathies went to you and to your fa- family, and it was uh, extremely hard. But um, uh, I, I hope, you know, things are better now.
1: Oh no! Thank you, so, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I, I had shared a little bit of that um, through Twitter and social media feeds to keep it real um, and honest because I felt like there there wasn't as much coverage on Ecuador, um, and you know that wanted to share so that other people knew what was going on.
2: Yeah, and and and, and again, you know, we yeah, uh, I didn't want to just mention it out there because. It's been extremely tough, obviously for, for a lot of people and we st- apparently we're still not listening in, in a lot of, part of parts of the country or countries. We're seeing right. some uh, spikes again and, and well, whether you know this is not a, a hell podcast, it definitely affects everything that we're doing. We're exactly. um, Again, yeah. you know we have a cabin, a booth cabin that we haven't used since March, uh, and we're transmitting from home. So just like everybody else, you know, trying to use technology to keep things moving and, and keep rolling.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm glad that you're all able to do so. Uh,
2: yeah, for yeah, again, you know, it's, it's not the same, but you know, we keep cranking out. And <laughs> the other things, like we were, ha- we were going to have you here in Portland uh, for Pitch Latino for TechFest Northwest, uh, along with other prominent Latinos in uh, VCs and, and investors, we were extremely excited to have you here with, with, with my friend Juan Barraza. Uh, we we had been working on that panel for for months and months, and then, you know, this thing just fell apart because of the pan- pandemic. So mm. again, the invitation is still open. We're, we're still pretty excited to to ev- eventually, you know, meet in person and get to discuss all these, you know, things that we've been talking on, on social media about access to capital. For for community, uh, but and that's what I wanted to to talk to uh, today. I mean, uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do uh, at, at Village and what are you guys are doing right now with the pandemic.
1: Oh, sure, I'm happy to do that. And it, I, I, as I was thinking about this, it's it's really changed even since the the first time we've spoken. Um, my role has changed a bit as. Um, I've grown involved with with the teams. And so um, my role right now is I do work at Village Capital. And, and for those who aren't familiar with it, we're a 10 year old organization that's focused on democratizing access to entrepreneurship, for um, entrepreneurs who are typically overlooked based on different factors and intersections, whether it's race, ethnicity, gender, geography, um, and other factors. And my role within Village Capital is to lead our future of finance practice in the U.S. Uh, okay. And what that means is supporting fintech founders um, focus on addressing financial health challenges for everyday people uh, in, in the U.S.
2: I see. And, and when you said democratized access to entrepreneurship, what, what is that entitled to? I mean, it's a, One part is access to capital itself and investment, but what other other services or or products that you provide?
1: Sure, Um, there are are three different ways that we seek to democratize access. One is through um, resources. So one being direct, we run and launch direct accelerator programs to support entrepreneurs. Um, in in three primary tech areas, one being financial health and fintech, which I lead, another one being sustainability, another one being future of work, and we have this uh, accelerator model that's focused on peer due diligence and peer selection, where um, the entrepreneurs who participate in our accelerator programs ultimately end up making investment decisions into. Uh, typically a couple of the companies um, in the cohort end up receiving investment um, based on decision from the other entrepreneurs participating in the cohort. And so um, that's something that's a little bit different that we created um, years ago um, and continue to to use in our programs. Um, Another way that we democratize access is that we manage a family of funds um, and we announce this family of funds strategy uh, right before the pandemic, <laughs> to be okay. um, honest. And then the last thing we do is we create a series of technology platforms, curriculums, and tools that we uh, share with other accelerators and incubators because ultimately, you know, we're one team. The more that we can share our work to other um, community organizations, the better Um
2: no, I, and I completely agree because you know, that was something that we were talking to you guys about um, in our initiatives here in Portland. So we've run the Startup Week in Latinx edition for five years, Pitch Latino for three years. And we were like, at, at, we were at a, at a, at a point where we we're like, okay, how do we expand this? How do we uh, fill in all the gaps and connect the dots? People like Marcia and Alex... Uh, Lolita, uh, mm. uh, everybody that is in the ecosystem, but that, that we seem that we're working towards the same goal. But right. some of us are connected at some extent, some of us are not. So how do we pull all? How, how, how do we just like, you know, join forces and make this happen, and, and obviously grow exponentially faster and bigger?
1: Yeah, um, I, and is that a question? Like, what you think?
2: Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, what, what do you think that looks like? I mean, because you, you gave us, you know, exactly, you know, access to funds, tech platforms, tools, uh, and resources, you know, such an, as an accelerators and mentorship right. in, uh, to some extent. Um, but that's village capital. You know, there's, a, there's a handful of, uh, of um, players like you guys in the ecosystem. So how do we connect all of them together and uh, formulate, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that, that, that works better and, and faster.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think, and, and one of the things that we are consistently trying to improve on and push ourselves with is how do we collaborate and create an open and safe um, space to do so. Um, and so for example, we know that we're only one player, like you said, um, so for example, I focus on future of finance and I know there are other fintech accelerators or financial health accelerators, but it's really important for all of us and for me to work with these other fintech accelerators and organizations um, to make sure that we're all supporting pipeline and companies as they're growing. Because I'm not gonna, uh, myself on Bad Village Capital, we're not gonna be the end all solution and support to helping that company grow. It needs to be in a community of different organizations. And so one of the things that I try to do and other people on our team is um, in our accelerator programs, we ask um, other community organizations or industry experts to be mentors. We do the same thing for their programs. We also collaborate, whether it's co-hosting events, um, you know, we share pipeline where we approach it as we're not competing with you. It's important for all of us to be working together or or else, you know, we're not the end solution and it has to be a community effort.
2: Correct. No. And and, and I share that with you, you know, exactly what we were trying to concoct here is like saying, look, this is not my show or our show. This is everybody's show. Like uh, try to take away the the gatekeepers, you know, we're not hoarding information or trying to create something, a secret sauce. And nobody, no, on the contrary, we want to create something Mm -hmm. and pull the best ideas from all over, you know, what works uh, in other ecosystem and then spread it because that's the only way we're going to be able to (laughs) spread the, the gospel faster.
1: Right. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, helping these great founders, um, be able to grow and that's what needed to be done so yeah i'm completely on board with what you're saying
2: yeah and and one of the things that in discussions with other people and i don't you know i just wanted to pass it on um uh, i think we may have this you know talk to you um and and the rest of the investors that were coming to portland uh is that what we wanted to create is not have that illusion of the unicorn oh we, we want to create the mm-hmm. next uber but it, it has to be laden we're thinking even at a micro level here in Pornas, okay, it's a small town. It's a small city uh, that's been in the news recently for other topics, but it, it, it ultimately it's provincial. How do we create the next, let's say, 50 Latinx companies that have at least $1 million in revenue? For us, that's a little bit more tangible uh, than, say, so like, well, let's create one that makes a billion dollars. So I don't, I don't know if you guys sh- are sharing. Wh- what are you... Uh, the seeing or, or or hearing in your circles
1: that yeah that's a that's a great question um and as you were saying that one of the things that came to my mind is uh, i think there's it's still nascent but it's an emerging but I, i'm excited to see it and i hope it continues to grow and it, it is something that um our team is focused on and that is a movement all around there isn't a nicer term for it but it's called alternative capital Okay. Um, if you look at all these, you know, there's different reports out there that talk about how, whether it's Latinx founders, Black founders, and other underestimated founders, the primary source of capital that they're currently um, able to access and use for their startups hasn't been venture. Um, and, and so what what that raises is how can we as a community better support them one, by expanding our viewpoint of alternative capital with an early stage capital, how do we better yeah. um, educate ourselves and engage entrepreneurs so that they know that um, that's an option? Um and how do we better col- collaborate with these emerging alternative capital um, you know vehicles? So for example, i uh, and and I know you know her like the the team at Republic, right? That's just one example. Yeah. Um, I think we we all need to continue to have conversations around how do we diversify and continue to grow this alternative capital movement. Um, Zebras Unite is, is another great organization working on this and, and there are others. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that even within our direct accelerator program work, in our curriculum we used to focus heavily on traditional venture capital. And we really expanded that over the past couple of years to. Push ourselves to think creatively about these alternative capital structures.
2: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I mean, I completely. I, again, we were going to have uh, Cheryl Campos from Republic here as well to talk about, um, you know, what this means. You know, you know how do how, how do we incorporate crowdfunding into into mm-hmm. our ecosystem? Which, for some companies, actually, we had one here, at DLE Corp. You know, shout out to to, to them were able to raise their, their first um, round through Republic, and I think it was over well over a million dollars. So yes, yes extremely su- successful. It's a great company out of Monterrey, Mexico. Uh, they're doing some uh, some things for cancer research. So uh, yeah, we were pretty excited to have them here, listening and you know, and then you know, being able to to talk to you, talk to uh, um, to Cheryl. Uh, but we also, how do we not only get the next question, how not, not only get the entrepreneur, but the, the investors. How do we get the community that's yeah, sitting in a lot of money, quite literally, on, under the mattress and get them to invest in, in, in our communities?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think there are different ways for this. I think if, if you're talking about um, the everyday person, like you said, where they have money under the, the mattress, I think there are emerging um FinTech solutions that are explicitly um, focused on Latinx communities, on Black communities, and other underestimated communities, um, and engaging them, whether it's for the first time within the, the banking system or the investment system. So, a, a couple of, of FinTechs that come to my mind are, you know, LifeSaver or, or Flourish Savings there's that aspect of FinTech solutions um, emerging and, and trying to, to do that um, and to democratize access and include people uh, and communities. Um, and then I, I also think about, let's say um, you, you are a Latinx person and you do have capital, but you've deployed in different ways and you just haven't done it yet within the startup. Community. Um, I do think there's a movement um, from Latinx VCs and other groups to engage uh, either emerging talent or or people who may have worked at financial institutions or other verticals or other Latinos and or Latinx in these verticals to say, "Hey, do you want? This is a great. Do you want to? This is a great way to support our community. The, the startup community needs you. And um, and so we're also seeing these types of community organizations um either formulate and engage um us, but I think we need to do more work on this.
2: I see yeah, it's just just a matter of outreach and education, I believe at this point, but um I mean it's it's certainly hopeful that you know maybe one time we we can actually lead the the Latinx uh, economy, you know, the one point. The $3 trillion economy in the US, uh, you know, just yeah. for better good. Wouldn't that be fantastic to be able to vote with our dollars? I mean, it would be sensational. I mean, to be able to move um, uh, and swing just a policy by Absolutely. by using our, our consumption dollars. I mean, it, it, that, that's something that, yeah. you know, we keep talking with other people or the investors. Like, yeah, how, how do we uh, get everybody to understand that, that, that the power that we hold collectively?
1: Yeah, I think I think we need to have more venues where we're I think we need to become more organized. Um and and to your you and your team's goal around that event in Portland, we need to have more of those. Um there are other communities of color that I, I think we can look to and learn from. Um like the the black community that I think they've done a great job in terms of mobilizing yes. capital, whether it's from other high net worths. Um, individuals across different industries, I think we, um, I know we've started to, but I, I think we can learn a lot um, uh, more in terms of that. Because like you said, we we are powerful if we mobile, if we bring this together, we are very, a are very powerful lever in the economy um, and across different types of industries. So,
2: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we have a unique um, situation, you know, just by being, number one, by being immigrants. Uh, bilingual, um, we, I, I believe we possess more resources than the, than the people that are just inherently native to this country. And I'm not just saying that Native Americans, just like the people that were born here because we, we can get resources back in our countries that are not accessible to the people here. So we speak the language, we know the culture, uh, and more, more particularly, we can, we can get a stuff done on a startup setting. On on something cheaper, you know, whether it's customer development, software development, uh, customer support, we can have access to those tools and not being afraid of if they're going to work because we speak the language and we, you know, most of us have access to those resources. So yeah, part number one is having access to the capital, but also the the, the toolbox to make it, to make it happen.
1: Right, yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent.
2: So that, that's, you know, that's some part of, of the things that we were also planning, like, look, you know, we, we you know, we didn't want to just create another accelerator. There's already uh, volumes of them. And what we want to just like, look, we want to give you the toolbox and put the playground, put you in the playground so you can build. And and whether it's capital or, like I said, resources, mentors, developers, people that have done this, legal, accounting, etc., so you can actually make your, you know, the, the project a reality. It's. uh, I I mean, it's. It 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 sounds difficult, but it it shouldn't be. It should be as easy as making a website on Wix, for example.
1: Mm. Yeah. uh, It. I do think. um, Yeah, there are a lot of systemic challenges and biases that make it hard, and I think um, bringing together resources that uh, that. I'm just going to say like that give our community and, and we intersect, right. It, like, uh, that is one thing I, I want to make sure is clear. Like uh, we as Latinos do intersect with the black community, with the Asian community, with other communities. Yeah. but um, And we, and we all face unique systemic challenges. And I would love for us to ha- have an advantage because we face that, um, have an advantage in terms of, look, these are the resources, connections, or um, access to different types of capital, whatever it is to grow, that, that, you, that different founders need to grow, um, which from my perspective is, yes, access to capital, the right type of capital, uh, not just introductions, but introductions to investors who have done work in supporting um, underestimated founders, and or or are very intentional and thoughtful, and willing to put in the work for it. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Um, and then, uh, and then also the other types of resources like mentorship in in different, whether it's product partnerships, customer base, all these other factors.
2: Correct. Um, and for example, that's. Um that's one of the areas that, that we um that we face a lot of challenges because um in just in our case in specific clicker my come my startup we're like are you guys looking for capitals so, yes but right now more important than capital what we need is customers we need we, we need to keep validating that so how do i get access to this platform how do i get access to that so i, I mean so I can generate re- revenue, generate more traction, and then I can show that uh, to a, a possible investor. So that's, that's where the, the position that not only us, I know there's quite a, quite a few startups that are in, in, in our, like we've developed the product, we have some certain traction, but it's not enough to, to really uh, uh, do, do, a, do a proper fundraise. So we're like, uh, kind of that like, uh, per- we call it the purgatory. Per- we, you know, in, in between an investment, it's just like, well, what else do we need? We don't have the, the 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 capital to to just you know organically make it grow. But how do we get access to those potential clients and I and mean, enterprise clients where we can say, okay, with one, I'll be able to demonstrate to an investor that, that this is not only viable, this can yeah you know, this can be very big and also help a lot of people in the way.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I do think focusing on, on customer discovery, identifying the customer testing and building um, that traction um, is, is really critical.
2: Yeah. So, so, Marcia, we're going to make a quick, ad, you know, talking about paying the bills uh, just to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and we'll be right back.
1: This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com.
2: And we're back with Marcia Chong-Rosado from Village Capital. Marcia, we're discussing, you know, access to capital, you know, like you said, you know, we, we've been... Involve um, into talks with you know even our, our senators. Uh, how do we get you know how how do we get other entrepreneurs, minorities, underrepresented into a, a level playing field? What have you seen, or what, what are you seeing right now, especially now that COVID has hit and it has hit us harder than anyone else? What's you know what do we need to um, to do to address the situation?
1: Uh, I think we need to address lots of lots of things um, at the same time. Uh, one of the things that that has been on my mind for a while now, but I think it was um, it has been it's been front and center in the back of my mind. But it came back to the front was not just the pandemic, where it, whether it was small business owners or startups, particularly Black Latinx and Indigenous who weren't receiving the support they needed in terms of PPP loans and other types of supports and needing to find it another way um, and just be creative um, as they've always been, right? Um, uh, While the pandemic was happening, we also saw everything to do with George Floyd and others bringing the conversation around uh, systemic racism and that does intersect uh, you know not just for um, that intersects across different communities um, particularly the Black community which there are Afro-Latinos and it does intersect with Latinx. I think um, why do I bring the pandemic and and the systemic racism up because throughout my work I continue to see um, investor bias being a major hurdle um, for uh, entrepreneurs being able to raise money. Um, and during these past couple of months, uh, truthfully, I had seen some commitments coming out from investors who hadn't focused on the Black community and the Latinx community and, and intersecting communities really in the past and saying, oh, we're going to put in money and it being a tiny amount or... Um, yeah it having a lot of hurdles there were some organizations um like paypal and others who have stepped up with significant commitments but i uh my broader point is i think we have a lot of work to do on the investor front too so oftentimes i felt like the focus has been let's get uh representation on the accelerator side in terms of oh look at all these startups but the attention yeah. hasn't been as much on the investment side, um, and we have to tackle that. We have to change the power dynamic um, and and ask the questions of who is on the investment team? Do they reflect um, everyday communities or the the types of companies they're trying to invest in? Do they actually understand the pain points? Um, does it act, do these investment teams reflect the elite? Um, And there's a great organization called the Lumen Capital that started to do some of that work. Um, But I think we have to do cultural work, um, which is hard, but important. Uh, Cultural work, we have to address systemic bias and racism. Uh,
2: And and that's a great point, Marcia. I mean, I I wanted to touch on the the bias because, again, we've seen it. Uh, we, we, we've, we've been in, in in the same talks here with our friend Stephen Green, which I, I believe you you also know uh, from the Black community, amazing uh, amazing personality. But um, one of the things that, that that we've seen is, and I can tell you again from personal experience, when we first started our our company, and or you know before we even started uh typing the first lines of code going now with investors uh institutional investors here in portland obviously white that's a very white city and 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 just you know they, w- they wouldn't even be able to wrap their heads around the problem we're that we were trying to solve in the latin community which is like look we have 50 mm-hmm. million immigrants we want to send money uh but you know we want to be able to, to to do it quick in real time but not cash i want to be able to do a cashless transaction that can be, you know, free for the end user. And it can be uh, instantly through, you know, you know, by paying the bills, etc. So they, they wouldn't even wrap their heads around like, well, why would you do that? Well, because, you know, you have an experience, you're not in touch with the community. First of all, you, you barely know that that community exists. So the questions that we would get, uh, first of all, the skepticism is like, well, is that even a large enough market? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 50 million people, what do you think? <laughs> it's like Mexico alone since you know, just Mexico alone since 34 billion dollars in remittances a year would that be large enough uh, and these people were like well we don't know and since we don't know and we know nothing about that that seems too risky and mm-hmm. or, or not big enough and like you no know, go it, it, it's a hard pass we don't even want to we don't even want to put in the time to find out if this hey yeah you know this is the hard haters community they're marginal These guys want to bring in a solution to make the lives better for these people that are picking your berries. They're making your roofs. They're making your lunches, and um, well, and now getting infected more than anyone because they're you know uh, uh, first responders. You know they're on the front lines. So how do we make their lives easier, better, and not nickel and dime and make them something that is free for them?
1: Right, Uh, and you sharing your 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 story. You know my immediate reaction is, and it's funny because I feel like I was having um, a a similar conversation even with some colleagues around this, is, is um, I think there needs to be two, two things need to happen in the short term and the long term for founders. One is founders in the immediate term or the short term going to investors, again, who, who have the receipts, who have done the work um, or, and there's always work to do, but who've already started that work and have some receipts to show, um, that, Hey, I'm open to learning. I'm open to evolving. I'm, I have invested, um, in, in under founders. That's yeah. one. And then, um, there's also another like short, uh, immediate term tool that, for example, um, Lolita, who used to work at Backstage, she has her own matchmaking platform where she's vetted investors she trusts um, with and connects them with underestimated founders. So I think uh, there's these matchmaking tools that are helpful. And our team also has a matchmaking tool um, through Abaca that um, I think is also trying to be helpful in getting us in that direction. Um, That's what I see in the short term. But in the long term, I think we, we... Need to fund them, and this is this is my opinion, which is controversial. Is uh, a we we need to bring those people who um, are haven't done the work, but are open and willing to do the work alongside with us. um, Who may be white, right, and may not be from our community. So be open to that, and then be open to working with us yes that's important but i also think we need to fundamentally challenge who again who is the general partner who is at the lp level who um is on these investment teams making investment decisions to be people who are us um and that's a it's going to take longer term work but it must happen
2: I see. No, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, we, and in that respect, we should be color agnostic as long as the, the intentions, like you said, m- mostly intentions, because uh, again, I'm going to say our first investor, and this was totally like a Cinderella store on a napkin in a restaurant, is um, uh, yeah, he's white. I mean, well, he's married to a Brazilian, so he has a lot of affinity for Latin America, sp- speaks fluent yeah. Spanish. So, I, you know, and we, we weren't even pitching an idea. We just told him, hey, we have this idea. But we don't even know the name. And after an hour and a half, he's like, let's do it. And we were like, let's do what? <laughs> and, and and he was the first one to believe in us. But again, you know, it has nothing to do with color. He's not Latin, even though he's probably more Latin than a lot of Latin people. Uh, uh, but again, he's like, I think we should absolutely, you know, just bring them into the conversation because there are people like that that want to do well uh, exactly. that they yep. want to help the you know the community at large so, look if you're i suc- I'm investing in you because I want you to be successful to bring others and to show that yes we can do this
1: mm-hmm. I, yep exactly I think it's gonna take um, being open to that
2: so and well now the question is how do we do it Marcia <laughs> how do we how do we get to the first of all how do I identify those people because there was we saw it in social media. Everybody's like Black Lives Matter and this and that, but how do we filter through, you know, the, you know, I, I want to say that I'm, I'm for you and I'm here for you versus the ones that just want to pat on the back.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, that's really hard, but <laughs> that's it's really <laughs> hard to bet because for me, the way that I've started betting that is through my work, through seeing, um, through the the accelerator programs, like which uh, how mentors have engaged, it's also through seeing okay who's actively deployed money, so put mm-hmm. dollars behind what they're saying. Um, and I don't have a clean answer to that because a lot of it has been um, just through experience and relationships are what I've seen. Um, but I know that, uh, and I. I keep mentioning this organization, Lumen Capital, because they've been doing, they had done some work with Stanford University specifically on, um, you know, what bias looked like in the investment community. And I know that they were coming up with specific solutions towards reducing that bias um, on the investor side. Um, I can't speak too much more in depth than it, except to say that I know that that's happening and that that they're leading that work um, and have heard that from others. Um, And uh, and so, I don't know, I I don't have a clean answer, except I have a good sense, just not a good sense, but I have a sense of who some of those people are. And I try to, as much as I can, connect those people that um, I trust and have seen put in the work or the receipts and have this openness with yeah. Um, founders, and I've seen that also with with other people I respect do the same thing um to help out founders that they're also working with.
2: No, and, and I didn't want to put you in the spot. Obviously, I mean it's it's an it was an open ended question like how yeah. do we you know do this moving forward? But yeah, and, and I, I think that's precisely like people like Lolita is doing. You know, like here here it is. It's open book. You know feel free to compliment feel free to you know add subtract it's it's out in the open for everyone which i like again transparency no gatekeepers no one's trying to hoard information and try to create something for them it's like here here it is guys let's you know let's get the work done and yes so i I mean that that to me is clear and again just from my own experience i wanted to see like well i i don't want anyone to go through those hurdles again Mm -hmm. because my experience, again, we, I think we wasted a, a, our first year trying to look for something that wasn't there and we were never going to get it. We understood it a year later again. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and that, that, at that time, like, well, we wasted an entire year and, you know, little resources that we had. So moving forward, like, how do we avoid that, you know, for for, for other people?
1: Yeah, uh, th- I think that's a big open question. I'm, I'm wondering if if there's a way to, and I, and I've, um, you know, had the, these conversations even with colleagues, like, how do we, whether it's a matchmaking tool or some other type of tool, how can we better bet investors that, um, have a, again, that reputation for doing the work, um, versus and have a better way to weed that out, um, versus, you know, so that, on the on the founder side founders aren't wasting their time right (laughs) or aren't you know going into an intro meeting or have a series of meetings only to be questioned and questioned on market or business model or these other things and then to to constantly get no's um i haven't seen a full solution for it but whether it's matchmaking or another tool i think um uh, it's almost like a call to action. I want to see creative solutions for it, and then uh, you know. And if if I if I come up with anything, obviously I'll be sure to share it.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, and I think this is a good ex- example of exercise. Like, okay, you know, get the best minds in a room for a couple of hours. Well, room Zoom room, and. Yeah and work at it um, because again you know what we heard as i, I don't like the term of leaders of community but you know we get approached all the time like hey you know we want to do this and it sounds more like i want to i want to have something in my pipeline you know especially <laughs> nowadays I'm like hmm. right. and, and i was like okay now i'm suspicious of, of your real intention we've been here for 5 years and nobody has you know put the hands you know in the in the fire for us and now you're coming here why Right. uh so so that, again n- number one skepticism uh and, and see what the real intentions are and and again but yep. all, we also don't want to be super defensive and miss out on opportunities yeah. that are real
1: yep exactly i think it, it's a it's a balance like if there's an again an openness to learning and to evolving then the I think the door should be open to that versus you know just saying no, we'll close the door where we're EU and and uh, uh yeah but I, I i hear you that resonates with with me and with what i've heard from other founders too uh,
2: yeah and, and again it's the same L- like you said you know we talked to founders in austin in in la in chicago and and we're sharing the same stories and that's part of the reason why we opened this forum you know the podcast is you know so we can share stories you know we can you know you know share the stories that the people that are super inspirational but it's like hey you know that sounds the same why why are we doing something together and, and honestly, we, we've taken on that mission. Just like, well, why don't we connect certain people? Like right now, I, I know someone that you probably should talk to. It's like, hey, I'm going to make that connection. Uh, and that's the only way that we're going to make this happen. But how do we make it in an organized way? Yeah. All that's, right. That's the thing. And I know we're all super busy. Uh, that is the other challenge. I mean, I was sh- before go- coming into the, you know, starting the show, I was showing a lot of my, you know my, my my calendar for the day, and I have ten minutes that probably already went by in, in between calls for the entire day. So it's it it, it is challenging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it is insane. So uh, again, you know, we have that, and the other challenge that you know COVID nineteen has uh, has put on on us as well. The strain, the the, the financial, and the mental. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Exhaustion—that is—that that—that's just—it's uh, just bombarding us from a, every single angle. I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, the pandemic has had an effect, as you were talking about, that like um, has had an effect on in our community, not just in terms of uh, at the startup level, but also at the individual level, in terms of our financial health how much we're able to have in emergency savings, how much we're are we able to afford rent, like all these different financial health um, factors have, have really been affected.
2: Correct. And, and for example, so, what are you guys doing? Uh, I mean, your job is uh, it's frontals, face-to-face. Uh, and yes, we have some, how are you guys coping in five months into this pandemic? How are you guys, yeah. I wouldn't say survive, but how are you guys just moving along with this?
1: Yeah. Um I I'm glad you asked that I I would say um during the initial months of the pandemic we immediately decided, hey, we want to lean in and show up and we don't want to delay whatever we were planning to do. Um and and so what we did um in the immediate months is we had a series of of different sessions based on what our networks of founders were in our alumni companies were saying that they needed more support with. So we had these, you know, founder, founder chats, um, between our alumni, where they were, you know, just being honest about what they were going through personally and in their businesses and getting feedback. And then we also, um, had sessions on, um, how do you navigate PPP, and how do you navigate PPP, particularly if you are a founder of color, um, if you're a small business owner of color, we, we had those type of sessions. And then now five months um, into this pandemic, um, not just – my team is 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 running – actually, this you catch me at an interesting time. This week is the launch of our Finance Forward U.S. 2020 program with – 11 companies addressing financial health challenges of um, everyday Americans. And for this program, we we normally, like before the pandemic, we're going to do it in person, have three workshops in three different places in the U.S. But we made the whole thing entirely virtual and, and said, hey, we may not do this perfectly, but we need to continue to show up for our founders. And And the other thing we did, too, is normally – Two companies receive um, grant capital at the end of the program, uh, but instead we restructured it so that almost half of the cohort receives it um, because That's we're true. yeah because we're we're cognizant of the fact that um, you know cash flow um, is we are in a pandemic cash flow is um, either an immediate priority or one of a key decision for founders and their time. Um, so we've restructured our work a little bit um and so have my other colleagues who are running whether it's finance forward u.s initiative with metlife foundation and paypal or other initiatives um on our team
2: oh that's great no that, that that's good to know i mean i i um i, I really commend you, the work that you guys are doing and i've thought about it like oh my gosh you know how you know, it, you know being on a zoom call it has to be extremely exhausting i mean it's we do this a couple of times a day but for you guys uh and yeah you know having, oh, having to be present yeah.
1: and actually do you know what i i forgot too is because we were talking about matchmaking tools um we our team we have a product team um that created this um COVID investor coalition and uh and so our our product team created this COVID investor coalition with um, Sorensen Impact Foundation, and so it's free for founders. Founders can sign up for it, um, and and it's for founders who are addressing um, essentially any challenge um, or need related to the pandemic. And so if you're a founder, you can. You can sign up on that platform and you'll be matched up with investors who are looking to invest in solutions addressing challenges right now.
2: Oh, wow. Um, do, do you have a link? Or, I mean, so we can post it later?
1: Absolutely. Yes, I yeah, do. You can
2: I'm share with us. Sure. We'll, we'll post it. Yeah, we'll, we'll share with, with uh, We may even apply because this is you know something that we're definitely uh, trying to address, you know, accessibility for s- certain services and keeping people at home. At all costs, when 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 needed. So, but again, you know, addressing all 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 the issues that you know that, that this pandemic has brought into us, and you know, our, our hardest hit community. Well, Marcia, it, I, I really appreciate having you on the show. I mean, you know, this is uh, it's a phenomenal. We we got only a couple of minutes left. But is there anything else you know from Village Capital that you would like to discuss with before we we conclude?
1: Um. I guess uh, the last thing I'll, and I'll share and, and um, before we conclude is one thank you for having me on here. And the other thing, too, is I, I really, because this is focused on and we're, we're both Latinx and we are talking a lot about Latinx issues, one of the things that has been inspiring for me and I think others pay attention to is the amount of activity coming from Um, Latinx founders around um, US financial health issues. I've seen just an increasing amount of of Latinx founders with solutions for financial health challenges, whether it's savings or um, retirement or aging or home ownership. I think we as a a startup community need to be paying more attention to them and um, as a sector. And there are others, of course, that we should also pay attention to. Um, but I, I, I wanted to make that plug because it's been top of my mind and is in my daily work and really care about the Latinx founders in the, in the space. And so, um, I'll also say if anyone ever wants to chat with me or, um, see more of my thoughts around that, um, you know, I can, I can share some of my social media too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You, we, we can we I'm an open door.
2: That's great. Yeah, no, what what what's what's the best way to reach you? Is that Twitter, Instagram?
1: Um I would Twitter is great. Like I reply it may take me a little bit of time, but I do reply to Twitter messages because I believe that um I'm I'm a I am a part of that movement of of being open to cold outreach and that more people need to be open to that and so Twitter is the best way.
2: Okay. Perfect. So, so we'll share your contacts on Twitter if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much, Marcia. You know, again, you know, we'll love to uh, to to have you again in the show. Hopefully, before the the two year mark again, and <laughs> and even better if we can, you know, meet in person once this uh, whole pandemic is over and under control. So we would like to retake that opportunity and have you in the forum here and introduce you to some wonderful people. But more than that, to just listen to you.
1: Oh, no, thank you so much for inviting me. And absolutely, I know that I would be so down to join the forum when it's safe to do so. And I know um, others um, who we've been coordinating with and talking with would be too. So yeah, also keep up doing the good work on your end um, and yeah, le- we'll we'll keep in touch and, and let's keep seeing how we can continue to collaborate and support one another
2: Absolutely, and, and please stay safe, uh, thank you very much everyone for listening to us, happy Friday to everyone, uh, stay at home and wear your masks por favor, thank you Marcia happy thank Friday, you. feliz viernes
1: Gracias, igualmente
0: thank you so much
2: You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast.
0: El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de Netspace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland.
2: Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil.
0: Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main.
2: Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan.
0: Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes.
2: Our production assistant is Chelsea
0: Lancaster. Tema de música, fanning and sunning, de Kevin MacLeod. Cree en ti mismo. Sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero.